Welcome to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. What happens if you walk into your house and see yourself sitting at the kitchen table? What does it mean when people see ghosts of people who aren't dead? Can your life be influenced by people who were never born? Hello there, and welcome to the 293rd edition of Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. I'm Ben, and all those pretty weird questions came from my co-host and partner in the paranormal, my dad. Well, we have no guests this evening, so it will be an open line show. But first, this week's contest question. And our our question this week is, or well, the question from last week first. uh, What scientist who worked for Project Blue Book started out as a UFO debunker and ended up a UFO believer? Well, the winner was Stephanie Howard of Limerick, Ireland, where I spoke in 2006. I know she was there. And the answer... Where you have to sing everything you say. It's a joke. Oh, oh, okay. Sorry. It took me a minute. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Dr. J. Dr. J. Allen Hynek, uh, whom I once had the pleasure of meeting, actually spending an evening with, uh, was hired by the Air Force in 1948 to review and debunk UFO reports. He ended up becoming one of the most distinguished UFO believers of all time. Uh, and um, anyway, th- he was quite a quite a chap. He makes a cameo on Close Encounters of the Third Kind, right? Actually, he does. Yeah, I, I've never seen this written down anywhere. And the only reason I know is because he told me himself. Steven Spielberg is notorious for putting in-jokes and obscure cameos into his films. Uh, for just a second, near the end of the 1977 film Close Encounters, when everybody's gathering around to meet the aliens behind Devil's Tower, there's a brief shot of a guy with a goatee putting a pipe into his mouth. That's Heineck. All right. So this week's question is, what Colorado hotel is considered one of the ten most haunted places on Earth? Get that right, and win an autographed copy of my dad's most popular book, Footsteps in the Attic. And as we answer our emails and letters today, please feel free to join the discussion if you'd like and call us at local. Wait, did I even ask the question? Yeah, you just did. Yeah, what, what, what hotel? Oh, all right. Yeah. I, I, I completely blanked. See, who's the old guy here? You or me? Senile. I don't know. I don't uh, okay. Uh, feel free to join the discussion. Call us 401-766-1240 locally or anywhere in the United States. That was weird. Okay. I'm sorry. It's all right. You'll be all right, (sighs) I think. Okay. Uh, We have a number of very, you could almost call this a, um, I suppose, extreme paranormal show tonight. We have those once in a while because all the questions tonight are pretty weird. Oh, actually, before we get started, there is one thing I wanted to mention. Um, Ben's mom and I last evening, I should say Saturday evening, went to see a very upsetting film called Genocide Revealed. Many people don't realize that the Russians, as notably Joseph Stalin, carried on a tremendous genocide against the Ukrainian people from 1930 to 1932 about because they they refused to collectivize. Uh, If anybody, uh, you know, we very... You turn on the TV today and you have people who are protesting this, that, and the other thing, and they're, they're not wrong. We don't get into politics on this show, but... On the other hand, you know, people who claim to be socialists and communists should think about this. And uh, if they take very lightly the, the rights that we have, they should think about things like this. Somebody like Stalin takes over under the communist system, and he just decided to starve 
millions and millions of Ukrainians to death because they wouldn't collectivize. They wouldn't leave their own land and go to collective farms uh, where they had to live like animals anyway. It was just awful. And a lot of people don't realize that this sort of government-engineered genocide occurred in this period. And so that's what this film was about. And we may do a show on this, and you say, well, what's that got to do with the paranormal? Well, first of all, we constantly get questions about why does God permit evil in the world? That always comes up on the show, and we've had some interesting discussions about it. But also... There are reports many times when these terrible things occur in the vicinity, say, of when the Nazis had their concentration camps, when there were various uh, uh, terrible acts of genocide, for example, of the uh, Turks against the Armenians, when they had uh, things of that, the terrible evil occur in history, there are, there are increased reports of paranormal activity Mm. and one can just imagine parasites feeding upon these terrible events and becoming active uh, around the area and and this is something we're going to be looking into and i wanted to give you uh, some information just very briefly of where you can uh, get information about this film Uh, it's called genocide revealed and it's by a, a canadian uh, director and filmmaker whom we had the pleasure of meeting saturday evening uh yuri lahovi he's from montreal and uh the website is www Y-L-U-H-O-V-Y dot com. And we'll put a link to that in our show site. And uh, there are, surprisingly, uh, some terrible, but nevertheless paranormal connections uh, very often with these events. So, uh, stay tuned on that one. Now, let's go to our emails. And this one is from Kayla in Mesa, Arizona. Okay. So, Kayla writes to us, um, I think you guys had two big turning points in my... I think I had two big turning points in my life. One was a uh, on a March evening in 2002 when I came home from work and I walked in the door and saw myself sitting at the kitchen table. The me at the table didn't notice the me that just walked in and she was reading the newspaper and even turned a page. I was too shocked to even scream. I blinked my eyes and when I opened them again, there was nobody at the table. Nobody can convince me that that this wasn't real. Uh, I even heard the paper rustle when the me at the table turned the page. The second turning point in my life was when I found your show in 2009. And we are the only ones who go, or you are the only ones that go deeply into the paranormal so that it really means something to me. Well, that's good. And you are the only ones who ever gave me a halfway decent explanation for my experience that doesn't make me sound like you're that makes me sound crazy your multiverse idea is the closest i've ever had to a logical explanation let me ask you in all seriousness you always invite people into uh, you always invite people to live the multiverse life in doing this do you ever see yourself sitting at the kitchen table (laughs) well that's a good question kayla um few things might need to be explained briefly to people who are not familiar with the show. The multiverse is this idea of that comes from quantum mechanics and that I have found is the only thing that really accounts for my experiences in 40 years of, wor- of working with the paranormal in the trenches. And that's the idea that we have a community of interactive worlds all around us that are not necessarily separate from each other. And Hollywood has jumped on the bandwagon with this sometimes, a multiverse or quantum leap and all this business. But that's not really how it works. You see, it seems to be an open system. Energy is constantly being exchanged. Experiences are being exchanged. And we run into our neighbors from parallel worlds, uh, seemingly, and we call it the paranormal. Right. 
Whereas you know, you think some you see somebody who may have died. They're not dead at all. They just they never died in that world. That's what you're seeing. I mean, that, that that's a highly sim- simplified explanation for it. But that's what we're talking about when we talk about the multiverse. And <clears throat> if you and we we've taken it and gone say aha okay well then this explains most of what's going on in the paranormal okay well okay well so what what do you do with it how do you use it what does it mean for you well it has all kinds of, of profound meanings for how we live our lives how we understand who we are what we are what our place is what the universe is uh, what god is how things work and why they work understanding the multiverse helps you do that the problem as we often say is not getting locked up when you are aware of of uh, your lives that you live, and it's, you don't just live a life here in one world, you seem to, to share the life of every, everybody else, and particularly of other yous, as it were, to use a Rhode Island expression, in other in other used guys, in other um, parallel worlds, uh, it does kind of expand your consciousness. And you have to do that in the right way with your feet on the ground, or you may be charged with schizophrenia. Now, now, one of the things I did in preparation for this and when I was in the, uh, studying for the priesthood was to work in psychiatric hospitals and t- take a lot of grad courses in psychiatry, and I should say psychology, things of this kind. And uh, one of the things I often say is that I suspect that many of the people who were... Uh, uh, I, don't know, I suppose uh, diagnosed with schizophrenia, some sort of chemical imbalance in the brain, we're experiencing real worlds that we so, quote-unquote normal people were not. So anyway, th- there are dangers to this, but I think essentially, yes, you can walk into the kitchen and see yourself sitting at the table in a, in a parallel world that happens to be overlapping yours in the same space at that moment. However, that does not seem to be a common occurrence. You may be rather, if if you grow into this properly, aware of yourself in many different places at many different times and it becomes a great big unity if it's balanced properly and it's not really all that difficult to do now ben you you, uh, you live in the multiverse too but you do it in your own way yes well i don't necessarily walk in and see myself sitting at the kitchen table well, although it was enough no. although one time i did see my my brother walk across the kitchen but he was in fact in my basement so yeah i've, I've had that happen too there, there was uh, there were a number of occasions where you point to i heard you running down the hallway in the old house uh, toward <laughs> the kitchen and you were, yeah you were about three at the time and you were in, in fact in, in the bedroom at the other end of the hallway oh i'm, so, I'm they, these are normal little glitches and i would do things like that and, as well like yeah, well, you could always be in two places at once yeah tops of trees Stealing the cupcakes every gray hair I have in my beard right now. Yeah. Anyway. anyway, so anyway, so uh, yeah, I mean, I, w- I would take this in stride. Apparently, it only happened once, Kayla, and I would say, uh, you know, let us know if it happens again. But I think it's just uh, one of those things. There, there are people who call us who think their houses are haunted when something like this happens, and I refer to it pretty much as a pass through, kind of a one time thing. A little uh, burp in space time. Yeah, th- that kind of thing. Uh, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't worry about it. And, uh, but to know, to answer your question, we don't generally see, see our doppelgangers or ourselves. Doppelgangers. But I, the question does arise do you, when other people are, um, when you see people on the street, suppose, suppose you're in, like, if you're in Times Square, say. Yes. And how, how many of those people are really there? I don't what know. do you mean by really there? I've always wondered that, but mostly when I'm on the highway and I'm driving, like, what if these people aren't real? Where are you know, they like, all like going? The, the car with the red lights flashing behind you. What if it's not real? Yeah, what is that? I kind of wish it was at times. Anyway, but uh, you know, in all seriousness, this, yeah, these are open questions. But uh, yeah, I, I, it should not become a problem if you live a balanced multiverse lifestyle, so to speak. Okay. Yes. All right. Here's one from Kathy in Manchester. 
England, or they're all. All right, now I did. You can, oh, it's from Facebook. I was like, wait. What? Yeah, so this came off Facebook. That's uh, we are on Facebook, by the way. Um, certainly behind the paranormal, and then Ben each have our own pages personally, and we welcome you as although nobody has 500 friends but anyway uh, maybe I'd better go through because this is this is written kind of in shorthand or something um, okay I listen to you and Ben's podcast nearly every night last night the one about parasites quite a few about parasites I love your multiverse idea as I do see where you're coming from I've had strange experiences in that I have seen ghosts of people who are not dead one time while I was working away uh, presumably outside of Manchester, I had a row, that's a fight in English parlance, with the pe- the people and felt upset. I came home. When I got home, my mom had tidied the house up. I asked who she was expecting. She said, me. She told me she saw me sitting on a chair, not very happy, and knew I was coming home. At that time, I would have just boarded the train, sat looking out the window, and I live in Manchester. Okay, so apparently what happened was that this young lady was having uh, a difficult time at uh, as part of her work. Uh, her mother saw her at the same time sitting at in home while she was somewhere else, and just somehow um, nonchalantly took it as a sign the daughter was coming home. This indicates one interesting thing to me, Ben. Maybe you you can amplify this. I wonder if these. Uh, these experiences, of course, run in this family. We run into families frequently where people from generation to generation are, shall we say, sensitive. There are people who uh, may be extremely psychic, and a word I don't like to use because it's got a lot of baggage, but I suppose if the shoe fits. And uh, they sometimes will have experiences like this and not think anything of it. But sure, I think that in the <clears throat> one, again, it's a, it's a multiverse experience probably. Uh, certainly, uh, probably not probably, certainly uh, sounds like one. And again, the, again, the young lady just sitting at, in, at the table at home and then being somewhere else. And uh, one thinks of experiences with loved ones um, translating or dying, as most people say. And uh, that sometimes those who love them will be aware of it because they see them in their own house or sitting at the end of their bed or standing there or something uh, while they are passing in a hospital or something else. So perhaps, uh, again, a multiverse experience touched with human compassion. If we feel certainly, uh, there, there was a certain compassion in nature. We've yes. talked about that with animals and things. So, yeah, just a very interesting multiverse experience. Thank you for writing that in, uh, Kathy. Now we switch gears to something rather serious, I suppose, and very touching personally to someone who has apparently gone through it and this is from tanya in chicago okay and uh tanya writes two years ago i had an abortion the place i went was very kind and said i was doing the right thing i came through it okay at least my body did i have been really confused and guilty ever since Every day I wonder what my child uh, would be like, and I swear to God that I feel her near me sometimes. Then one day I heard your show. Uh, When you said you were father and son, I started to cry. Then I cried even more when Paul talked about your own lost son and people uh, uh, people being watched over by their children. Uh, that were never born. Could you talk about that again? It would mean a lot to me. Okay, well, 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 certainly, Tanya. 
what we were saying about our own experience was that when Ben's mom and I were married uh, over 30 years ago now, we uh, had a, a miscarriage. Our first pregnancy was a miscarriage, and that's difficult for anybody to go through. And it was uh, something that really held on with us because we were very joyful later on, of course, to have Ben's older brother, Jonathan, and obviously Ben himself, who turned out to be quite a gift <laughs> himself, uh, changed our lives for the better in every possible way. But funny, uh, w- there would be a, um, and here I'm always bad-mouthing psychics, but there was one who said, you have three children, don't you? And a lot of people we'll meet will say, you have three children, and we, do, we have the two sons. And it dawned on me, we do have three children, because in many, many parallel worlds, this child, whom we were going to name Gregory, was born. Not only is that the case, but we have felt a presence, particularly watching over Ben when he was really little. And this presence was a a young man, and two and two came together, and it seemed like even though this child was was never born, he is has been born in many parallel worlds, uh, in many in many of which he is aware of us uh, because love cuts through all these boundaries, and and you know not to be sappy or maudlin, but this is this is this is it. I mean, love really is the most powerful thing, and we've felt him as a young man older than our other two sons who has been a presence with us, and we consider that a fantastic gift. We hear from people all the time who have uh, either either lost children one way or another, or or who. Um, maybe it never even had children. And as one fellow I was working with in California, I said, you know, you, you've got a son whom you never had who was watching over you. And I think that's really a, a, a pretty spectacular and beautiful thing in a remarkably simple way. So that is something that I think uh, Tanya can take solace at. You know, I mean, whatever we do in our lives, that's what love is about. It's about forgiveness. That we move on. We we look forward, not back. We pick ourselves up when we fail. We, we you know if we make mistakes, we we try to do better. That's what humanity is all about, and that's why we have guardians of all kinds. And taking that to its limit, the guardians can even be us. Yes, we can be our own guardian angels from other worlds. It's a really weird concept, but that seems to be the case. Run into that too. So yeah. Um, I think that you you have a loving presence, Tanya, who is is will always be with you, always be a guardian and and a loved one. And uh, what happened in the past in this particular world, you know, it, it it's obviously makes no difference. Think of all the worlds in which this child was born, and everything worked out, and all was well. And because I think there are far many wor- worlds, where, far many more more worlds where that occurred than where the negative occurred. So I think you have a great gift there, Tanya, and uh, thank you for bringing up that that subject. Okay, here is one from Fran in Montreal, Canada. Ooh. One of my favorite cities. It's my favorite city too. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Hi, Paul and Ben. I look forward to your show all week. Oh, well, thank you. Uh, but Paul, you are too nice with some of the dumb, dumber <laughs> guests. Yeah. Ben yeah. tells me the same thing. Yeah. Anyway, I was really touched when you talked about de- the death of your mother a few months ago. Well, almost a year ago now. Uh, you really explained how you deal, how you deal with it. And I love how much the multiverse theory explains so much about what happens to me. Maybe I'm 
really beginning to understand because my sister died last month and it was just like you said i could feel myself with her in another life so much that i felt like i only just discovered who my sister really is it is wonderful well that's good uh no no feeling at all um no feeling at all that i lost her just the opposite i think some of our friends and family are upset that i do not seem upset <laughs> yeah that that's uh Fran, you really kind of nailed it there i think too and this came up last night on our cbs edition we were talking about um the what was the context of that I don't remember. Okay. Well, anyway, uh, we, we talked about the death of my mother, Ben's grandmother, and how we just said we have no. Oh no, it's right. We, our guest was. Oh yeah, the 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 was Dawn kindred, Yun, kindred spirits. Who, yeah, who who is a, a very uh, uh, active advocate for remaining close with those you love. And sure, you know why not? Of course, when when the, the title they, of the show pass kind of, or when or you know, explaining many kind friends. of the, the title of the show kind of misadvertised it. I was like, ghosts can be fun, and I I was like, what? But no, no, I see, I see, I got what you were saying. Yeah, well, anyway, so well, we talked about our own experience, and she kind of liked that—the idea of of not f- figuring that they're here with us, but realizing how many worlds in which we are still with them, and it became a, a vivid experience f- for me. Um, obviously, I was her son. You know, she was close to her grandchildren too. But there's something special about being a son, and uh, we carry on uh, like that. So, I mean, certainly as uh, the same experience you seem to be having there, Fran. And as a matter of fact, uh, Friday was uh, my mother's birthday. It would have been her 96th birthday, and we had people calling from the old country, uh, Connecticut, is where, where I'm originally from, where a lot of her friends lived, and uh, kind of sad, you know, expressing uh, the and, and you know, I mean. W- I, I felt it was a joyful day. I felt her presence. I dreamed about her last night. We were having dinner at a lovely restaurant in Nova Scotia, and it was just, just great. Um, so I, we just don't, we don't have any sense of loss anymore. So, well, if anything, you should be happy because then they're not suffering anymore. Well, yeah, we used to go to the nursing home like with the king, and she was, she really didn't suffer. I mean, she had. Uh, some heart problems, of course, serious ones. But I mean, she was she had her wits about her uh, all the way, and uh, we you know we laughed and we had a good time, and we saw her almost every day. So, uh, but still, it's 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 a better situation now because uh, again, I think we go to the nearest place uh, where which is um, uh, the the most I suppose uh, path of least resistance, as in all things in nature world. And uh, very often, if the love is really there, we have that uh, that experience. And th- but another thing came up last night too, that there there are times when you just have to say goodbye. Yeah, you know, sometimes suppose you didn't like the person. I mean, there are lots of people. You know, they say you can pick your friends, but not your relatives. So sure enough, there may be times just to say goodbye or whatever conscious wherever their consciousness has gone, whatever life they probably have other things to do. So uh, that could happen as well. We get complaints from people. Oh, how come you have these experiences with your loved ones, or or this this person does? You talk, but we don't. You haven't heard a whisper. I said, well, I mean, sometimes it's just you know I don't know. It all depends. So in any case, why don't we uh, take our commercial break here? And uh, we are Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno on WOON, 1240 AM and ONWorldwide.com in New England's beautiful Blackstone River Valley. And we will be right back. I'm 
registered dietitian Karen Zangari reminding you to put food first. You know your mother was right. You do need to eat your fruits and vegetables. I'll be talking about food, nutrition, and you on Monday mornings after coffee and right here on ON Radio. ON Radio. And we wanted to tell you about Amazon Kindle, our good friends from Amazon Kindle. It is an e-reading device that you can have a lot of fun with. And now, coming up, let's see, this is, uh, yes, I believe the debut has occurred, or is about to. Well, it was November 15th, so so Tomorrow. Wednesday. To, uh, Wednesday, yeah, okay. Tomorrow. Tuesday. Tuesday, Tuesday, okay. yes. Hey, I'll, I'll get what date. Anyway, Amazon Kindle Fire should be debuting, and it's only one ninety nine, and you can get it at Staples. What it will do is download for you all sorts of books, a nine hundred over, actually over a million books, magazines, newspapers, movies. Take it anywhere with you, and uh, it's it's the coming thing. You know, I save all that money on printed books, and you can save all that money on driving to bookstores. Everything's downloaded right to your pocket where your Kindle happens to be. So check it out. Amazon Kindle Fire coming out two days from now. Okay, great. Okay, we are back behind the paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno on WON 1240 AM and com in New England's beautiful Blackstone River Valley. And let's continue with our emails and this open line show. If you'd like to call us, you're very welcome to do so. 401-766-1240 locally or nationally, 800-449-1240. Okay. Actually, why don't we do this one first? This is from Mark. Oh, good. In, I know. Yeah, those, those other ones are kind of hard. Uh, actually, it is best if you write to us from our website on a form that is provided there for that rather than, uh, say, because you're welcome to write Paul at behindtheparanormal.com or Ben at behindtheparanormal.com, but it, it's easier to read. When you just use the form. This is from Mark in Madison, Wisconsin. Okay. Uh, so Mark says, I couldn't believe it when I heard Ben talk on one, on one of the shows, and he was talking about gray aliens tapping on the window, trying to get his attention and wanting help to move uh, to someplace else. I had the same kind of visitors about a year ago, and I thought I was crazy. I live alone, and I would wake up not only to hear tapping on my window, but three occasions saw faces, and I got the feeling they wanted me to do something, but I was afraid to. I even left my apartment for a week to stay with my father. Ben, do you think they wanted me to help them, and can this mean that I have the same abilities as you do? Well... I have no idea. <laughs> to be completely honest, because for one thing, you shouldn't trust them. Two, unless they attempt to make contact in some other sort, in other form. Oh God, I sound like I'm crazy. I don't like. Yeah, talk- I, know. I don't like talking about this either. But this is this happens. You have to deal with. Well, it. you're more open to it than I am. It it's uh, how to describe it. It's really, really obnoxious. I mean, if you're getting, if you're scared by it, that's not a good sign. If you're just like, I'm, I'm not saying like I'm not scared of stuff because I am. I am deathly afraid of spiders. But for the most, but stuff like that doesn't really bother me. And if it doesn't bother you or like give you a really weird feeling, then you're probably fine with it. But judging by your feelings of being too scared to do anything, then that probably means they don't want you to take them somewhere else. And I honestly have no idea if you have the same abilities as I do. If you do, then um, good luck. If you don't, then lucky you. <laughs> In short. So I, I have no idea what you should do. Well, the whole issue of whether these – well, grays, by the way, if anybody doesn't realize, is is the common term for the most – 
commonly reported form of aliens that come barreling out of UFOs and all this kind of things when they land. So, but, but there is a big issue right now about whether these are good or evil or indifferent or whether they really even are aliens. We find a lot of parallels in our work because we do a lot of follow-up and research everything that's possible in these cases, not just quote-unquote ghosts. We find that very often these gray beings will turn up, even in ghost cases. And we wonder about the context of these things. When you see a, a wispy thing going across your living room, aha, it's a ghost. It's got to be the spirit of a dead person. Well, uh, Or if you see it in the presence of a silver disc, aha, it's an alien. Well, we don't know really any of that for sure, so that's why you look so deeply into these things. And so these grays, whatever they may be, uh, there's a lot of uh, there are a lot of question marks attached. If to you critics. really just want them to just leave you alone, just say I, I don't want I don't want anything to do with you. I just want to sleep and just ignore it. That's really all you can do. Just keep sending messages out saying I don't want I don't want to help you. Stop bothering me and stuff like that. And you should be fine, so you can finally sleep. Unless they can barreling in with their their laser weapons and photon torpedoes or something and then you're no i'm joking <laughs> but i i just think that you know ben, just whatever whatever ben says about these issues he's had a lot of experience with that i, I go with with that so it actually woke my girlfriend up too no that remember before i went to south carolina and like she said she like slept for like an hour Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because, like, she kept hearing, like, tapping on the window and, like, babbling in her ears, like, and that kept her awake, like, all night. And I had to go down, like, five in the morning and, like, sit there with her. Hanging around. I remember that. I was like, you two off. Well, there we are. That's that's a lot of open questions on that. She slept on the first floor, that's why. Yeah, that's where it happens to you. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. And, and I should add, and I've said this on the air before, that, um, unless you think Ben is crazy, I went out with it, with a, a camera. The following day, after the first time this happened, and one of the first times, and sure enough, on the ground, under the window, in the bushes, were these triangular-shaped footprints, such as I have never seen, but I have heard that triangular-shaped footprints are associated with uh, some sort of uh, denizens of the outer... The outer regions here. So anyway, that's okay, why I don't talk about this stuff. I sound like I'm crazy. Yeah, I know. We hate to talk about. It. People ask. That's from. Well, you uh, wanted to know. All right. Uh, so this is from, from uh, P. No, it just says P. And <laughs> this does not use his full name. Well, from Mobile. From. Oh, I I don't. It could be his full name. So P. Mitchell from Mobile, Alabama. Uh, I always get a get a lot out of your shows, but in recent ones, you have been talking a lot about meditating in places I wouldn't even go near. Paul, you especially said that that's one of the ways you communicate with multidimensional, quote-unquote, neighbors. When you meditate, you are completely open. Isn't that dangerous? As a matter of fact, in your book, Turning Home, you urge people not to meditate where there could be parasites. Please clarify. I thought okay. We had, I thought we did. Wait, how old is this? Oh, I think this it is today. Wait, no, it's not even the 14th yet. It's the third. Today's the third. No, no, today's the 14th. So it came in time today. slips going on here. Oh, okay. Oh, I'm not ready. You'll be all right. Hang in there. Stay away from those grays. Stop yeah. meditating in haunted room. Anyway, uh, this. Why do you this criticize a, you for I, that? You I, don't I, even I'm, do I'm it. This is a very, very good question, and I'm glad you asked it, P. Mitchell. Uh, the the issues are several. I. I do not believe that I have ever said that I meditate in places like this. What I mean by meditation is putting yourself in a state where you're open to God, right? to 
whatever is is good, whatever you know, contemplative prayer. That that's how I learned, it, and that's how I do it. Okay, uh, use of what the Eastern religions might call mantras, uh, the Jesus prayer, the Isis prayer, things things of this kind that can be used in meditation. This is not what I do in troubled areas, okay? And when I was in, in the book Turning Home, I was encouraging, and this I believe had to do with when people are choosing a place to meditate in their own homes, make sure it is a place of peace, where there is harmony, and how do you tell that? Well, because you feel right doing it there, okay? So, but but when I, I think I have referred to being in, in meditative states in air, in when I communicate... I think he's talking about me. Oh no! Well, I'm actually just talking about me. Well, let me then you can answer. Let me, let me read this. You you keep talking. Okay, and in meditative state, simply being quiet, listening, and actually, I have found over the years and over the decades that that is when you are most on your guard. Is when you are in a meditative. All is quiet. You can hear. If there is an enemy, you can hear the enemy. And I will always say, too, that before I even do this, I will check out the place very thoroughly to see if there's any sign whatsoever of parasitical activity. So, uh, I, so I'm glad you asked this because it needed to be qualified. So I hope I've, I've made myself clear on that. A meditative state is not the same thing as meditation when I'm referring to what I'm doing myself. Okay. Uh, oh, okay. Now, Ben, uh, what, how would you respond to that? Because you, you, you're, you handle things differently than I I, uh, I I read it over. Yeah, you're right. Maybe I'm just I'm just. It's well, Monday. Well, you, you don't think about these things like I do. You just you um you tend to be very I don't know uh, non intellectual about it. Okay, so I mean I, you know and I respect that, but I mean these, I just do it a little differently. But well, no, like the more you think about it, the less you can do it. Well, the thing is, he's, he's saying that it's dangerous you're opening, it up, opening yourself up to stuff. What he's talking about is you meditate in places where you don't mean to meditate, where, like, it's not safe to meditate. Like, say, for example, um, I'm trying to think of a good example. Parasite case in, in the, la- the last one that we did, that that's a dangerous place for someone of normal caliber to meditate. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Yeah. So, that being said... That's probably what he's trying to get at. Like, isn't that dangerous? I mean, you're opening yourself up to all these things. Well, is what you were doing meditation? You go beyond meditation. I mean, you, I you, you literally do the shaman thing and you enter other worlds. Well, it's even not meditation. what do you? It's it, it is dangerous. Yes, it is actually extremely dangerous. Like yeah, if it some, is. Like if somebody interrupts me during that, I could possibly lose my mind and go brain dead. But the whole you point, could literally disappear in another world. Happen even worse than that. Anyway. Yeah. Um, the point being is that, yes, it is extremely dangerous. That's why I urge people not to do it. Yeah, you shouldn't ghost hunt in general. <laughs> no. It, be involved with this at all. Yes. So okay. the, the, big, the big problem is protection. That, well, that's not the big problem. The big solution is protection. How much do you have? What kind of protection do you have? Are you sure it's real protection? Yeah. And that is essentially what keeps me from going insane and or being whatever attached suppressed by parasites and a lot of, a lot of support if you came to our house you would feel all kinds of power outside protecting the house literally some of the photographs we've got are very interesting too so uh yeah i mean a good point again 
Mr. Mitchell here, or Miss Mitchell, I don't know which, but that, that's pretty much our answer. Yeah, it's, it's not everything, it's not something that someone should do. I don't do it in that way that you suspect. I do it in a, in a, in a safe place, but the meditative state, the quiet state, is not the same thing as meditation as I do it, and I do it in uh, places in order to listen to see what might be heard. And if there's any danger, I get out of there. I, I don't. I don't communicate with parasites. Anyway, we have a call. Uh, this is Donna from Connecticut. Donna, our show reporter, I would assume. Donna, are yes. you here? Yes, I am. Hi, Paul. Hi. Good to good to hear from you. Oh, it's been a while. <laughs> yes, it has. Yes, it has. You, you've been sending us updates, which we have not had a chance to get to on the air. But but uh, what do you got for us tonight? Well, I just fall's coming on, and you know, it, it's uh, we're in the house more, and we're getting more. Um, activity as we have over the years now let, let me just uh, interrupt you for a second for those who are not familiar donna's case is one of the most remarkable she's a short reporter here but she's also the the subject or the victim in some cases of, of, of a, one of the most remarkable cases and longest cases we've ever worked on uh she lives in connecticut and it's her house is a sort of a grand central station of the multiverse anything can and usually does happen uh although nothing negative uh, so far really that we've ever I mean, compared with some of the other stuff here. So go ahead, Donna. What's what's going on? Well, we had um, we had an incident. It's funny. I was listening to your show, and you were talking about um, the woman coming in and seeing herself sitting at the table. Um, my daughter had come to me the other morning and said that my grandson had not been able to sleep in his bed, so he asked if he could sleep in hers, and she said, okay. So in the middle of the night, she said she heard him in the hallway um, between her room and his room, and he was saying, Mommy, I'm cold. I'm cold. And... She started to answer him, and then she felt him kick her in the back. He was still in bed. So that's kind of a, you know, the same lines here going on. She heard him going toward his room, but he was right behind her the, uh, whole, the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> um, I've been doing some, um, as you know, I, I run my tape recorder frequently um, when I'm alone in the house, and I have a chance to have it completely quiet in here. And my latest was, I think I'd emailed you about the uh, the swearing. Um, <laughs> yes. The, the man's, uh, yeah, that was so distinct and so definite what um, what he was saying. Um, I slowed the recorder down, and it, it's funny because it almost sounded like my, my mother's voice. It sounded more female. And then I thought to myself, well, she wouldn't say that, you know, but it was just, it, this man's voice was just... Um, taking over everything. He was just, you know, babbling on and on and on and, and raising and lowering his voice, and he was so distinct, and there were other voices included. And I had the normal, uh, sounds like somebody turns on water full force, and it just it just goes and goes and goes, and then it shuts off, and like, like if you had a phone right next to the faucet. Mm-hmm. And um, the familiar sounds of the clinking, like the anvil with the hammer on it, um, the sound, it sounds like, well, this used to be a general store in the 1700s. Yeah. And um, it almost sounds like someone flipping a bolt of fabric out onto a table. Um, you could hear it flopping across the table, and there were rappings and knockings. And, you know, as I say, it sounds kind of odd, but the, the general run-of-the-mill stuff for this house, you know. Yeah, it seems to be. But- <laughs> well, you know, one of the things that's interesting about your house is that, is that some of the voices and, and things turn out to be uh, what we interpret as ancestors of yours. Right, right. Some of whom you knew. Right, exactly. Yeah. And others are just strangers that are passing through uh, a number of different species have it, been manifest. Uh, could you tell could you tell us about the uh, thing you wrote to us about the 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 glowing figures who appeared to the was it the guest while you were away? Oh, yeah, she she um I've known her about 15 years. Um she's a very rational person. Um 
she she had surgery and she was staying here for a week. Um, we happened to be gone. My daughter had gone back and forth to work, and she was in the house all day by herself um, after the first weekend. And she was downstairs. This has happened to her twice um, in the past, once in the past, um, in the staircase um, in my daughter's living room. Um, she was seeing what she described as little glowing people on the wall. And she had no terms for what they might be, orbs, fairies, what, I don't know what they were, but she said they looked like little tiny people. And she said she just kept watching them, and she she had no source of light in there. She had the drapes pulled and everything, and um, she was in the middle of the night. She she woke up, and she kept seeing them, and she they were focused right in that staircase, which is, as you know, we get a lot of photographs of orbs and things mm. in there anyway. Um, but she, she said she heard the disturbance in the basement, um, under the bathroom, suddenly somebody was dragging things and she, she didn't get scared because she didn't really understand it. She just said she just laid there and kind of looked at it and, um, she had gone upstairs and mentioned it to my daughter who just kind of, well, whatever, you know, it's probably just orbs or whatever. And, but she, she was very distinct about her description of them. She, she didn't say they were orbs. She said they look like little tiny glowing people. Yeah. Uh, well, anything's possible in your place. There were the uh, the jumping figures uh, going by the window. <laughs> there were the uh, we, we ran into the clerics there. Uh, one in particular who was helpful uh, last time we were there. Uh, the, the, and uh, tell us about the uh, well. This is the case I often describe on the air too as as the one that, that started with with quote unquote ghosts and, and ended up uh, leading into uh, even UFOs and a possible secret base and all this business. Uh, what's going on with that situation? Have there been any more uh, you know, sightings in the area by the townspeople? Um, um, we have not heard anything posted. Um, they did change our, our posting privileges on the newspaper. Um, you have to sign in. A lot of people don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know how it happens in a small community oh, when yeah. people will report on, on something like UFOs, and I, I feel that it's kind of squelched a lot of the information. That's a strange coincidence. Yeah, they they have really knuckled down. They have gone from 150-something posts a day down to maybe seven or eight now. Wow. Um, yeah, it's really it's really unusual how all of a sudden it's just it's just down there and nobody's posting anymore about it at all. Um, we have had a lot of military um, helicopter traffic. Um, as you know, we did take a ride a ride there, and it didn't appear that anything was. Yeah, we had with a camera crew. We went that time and uh yeah you were with us right right yeah. it didn't appear active at that point I'm, I'm not sure they are very low they are very large and they are multiple um they're heading in that direction um, of course you know i'm several miles away so by the time i would you know get there to see i'm sure everything you know would be whatever yeah. but um that's that's one thing i have noticed to the point one was so low one day and i mean it was just it went right over that you know it's just as the crow flies a couple of miles over the hill yeah and, um, yeah, aside from that, like I said, it's just not not being brought up. It's not being mentioned. It's not, nobody is reporting anything. Yeah, probably time we got back over there. Ben, do you have any questions? You're kind of in the middle of that situation. Uh, I had one, but I don't remember what. Okay, um, I think, do you have any other recordings? Like, have you seen any other any other activity like UFOs or anything like that lately? Um, nothing like that. Um, we do, of course, we haven't spent a lot, a great deal of time outside this summer looking. Um, we've had a lot going on, but um, yeah, a lot of storms uh, in our area. <laughs> yeah, we <laughs> New England. Yeah, yeah, we've had a lot. But um, my my grandson did get a gigantic, massive telescope. So as soon as I can, I plan on getting out there and really, you know, st- spending some time in the dark and taking a good look at the skies. Um, 
really spending some time out there now that it seems to have quieted down. Um, no, we haven't we haven't seen anything. Um, in, like I said, in the house, the, the well, I guess you call them EVPs. That regardless of when I turn the recorder on, something something is definitely on it all the time. Yeah, this is also the the site, uh, everybody. Where, where if you've seen the video that we had of the the uh, creature or object coming down out of the tree, this is the property on which that occurred. Uh, presumably, it's funny because your grandson said the, his invisible friend was in the tree at the time. Uh, <laughs> anything going on with the invisible friend? Uh, no, he has automatically stopped talking about that. Um, he is now, though, he is saying that he's, um, at his age, I'm not sure how he can explain it, but he said that the moon has been coming into his room. I'm not sure if he's talking about an orb oh. or something. It's, it's in there. He, he won't sleep in his room. So, um, you know, he's, he's generally not afraid of anything, but he's talking about the moon, the moon, the moon, the moon, even when the moon isn't showing through his window. You know, he's, he's afraid of the moon. It comes in his room, and it, it looks in his face, and... He comes screaming down the hall. So interesting. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. I, I, it's the moon. It's and I, what does it look like? It's round and it's white and it looks at me. So I, you know, we're we're kind of that's why he was with his his mother the other night. Yeah, but um, it's really it's a it's a lovely house. You're lovely people, <laughs> and you know, were were you you know were Charles Manson to move in there? I mean, who knows what the heck would happen? <laughs> as far, but but it's uh, I mean compared with what could be happening, I mean it's it's really quite uh, what we what Ben and I tried to do, and with the help of one of these clerics, as we call them, was was to move some of the portals or, or the overlap um, points out of the house, so you could have a little bit of peace. And it seemed like it worked for a little while, but then it didn't last. Right. Well, this time I think this time of year, Paul, we're in the house more. Yeah. Um, and we we tend to notice. We tend to notice more because we're physically in the house more, and that's you know that's why I did a lot of taping when our power was off for seven days. <laughs> so I, I thought because nothing was working electronically, you know that it that it would be you know I'd be able to maybe have more quiet, more complete quiet in the house, and you know I did. I got a lot of you know humming, mumbling, talking. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it always seems to be a man, and he's he's just going on about something and. It's so frustrating because it's just past your, your, you can't understand quite what he's saying. And I don't know how to clarify that with anything. Um, I'm sure if there was some type of a program or something where you could, you know, slow it down, you know, isolate it or something. But just listening to it with headphones, it's just, he's just going on all the time. And he's, he's almost in every single one of the, Tape recordings that I do. <laughs> Excuse me. Well, as Donna knows, our suspicion with this case is that we have a highly energized area, and we think there are connections between all areas of the paranormal. And in this area, uh, with Donna's help, we we track down the area where this military activity had been taking place. And you wonder, well, well, what what's the military have to do with ghosts or some guy mumbling in your EVP? Well, it's a sign that this is an area of spectacular uh, paranormal or multiversal overlap which uh, could be milked for a great deal of power in one way or another. Uh, at the other, and, and then we triangulated the third uh, point of this triangle, and we and then you were with us when we had the camera crew, we went there, and uh, we had all sorts of interesting things go on uh, centered on Ben, and uh, there we are. So there were connections, and we think that the, uh, not to tell them they were, well, I don't want to say any more, but there was activity there as well. So uh, there we are, a, a remarkable case that we've... Um, we're going to continue working on. And Donna, thank you for the update. Anything else uh, going on? That 
Uh, no, I, I had emailed enough? you. I had emailed you a picture of that big giant blood red orb that was hanging yes. in the staircase. Yep. <laughs> that was. I, I was a little concerned about that one. <laughs> um, I don't know. I've never seen anything like that. I mean, the, the generally the white orbs, and you know, we've had various colored ones, and the yellow, and the pink, and the blue, and the green. But this one was just so huge and so distinct that it was a little bit troubling. I didn't. It didn't look friendly. It didn't look happy. I don't know yeah. <laughs> if they can look a specific way, but that one was just massive. Well, that's it. Well, uh, my suspicion about orbs personally is that they're life forms that feed around the boundaries of, of these places, and and your house is full of the boundaries. So uh, that's one explanation. But again, we don't know. We keep watching. We keep. Uh, supporting each other here, and, and we keep uh, hoping for better information at all times, and uh, we'll just keep to d- keep doing that. Okay, well, I'll keep you updated. Okay, Donna, we'll be seeing you soon, I'm sure. Okay, Paul. Um, okay. Ben, tell Ben I said hello. Hello. <laughs> right here. Or goodbye, I should say. <laughs> He's just okay. being quiet this evening. <laughs> yeah, no. Okay. Okay, thanks a lot. Thanks very much. Best okay. of the family. Bye. Okay. All right. We have an, uh, I think we have time for another. Well, I was, I was listening... Okay. So anyway, continue. All right. This is a, um, a uh, let's see, uh, Carl in Seattle. All right. I think your work is very unique, and thank you for what you are doing. My question is, with Grey's having been around so long, has anybody ever found a fossil fossil evidence of Grey's? Actually, that's a good question. People often ask that. Even all these, uh, I thought know. I heard something like that. Yeah. I know. I know they found like some skeleton in like uh, I don't remember if it was New Mexico or not, and it was like of this, uh, like it was like of a gray and like a like a native girl or whatever, and they were like in this cave or something, and yeah. it was like perfectly preserved. It, it was it was weird. I don't, I, didn't we have someone on the show that talked about that? We have. That's uh, uh, Lloyd Pye. Yep, he's been on the show a couple Star of times. Tri- the Star Child the, exactly, Skull. Exactly, the Star yeah. Child Skull. Yeah, I was trying to remember what yep. that was. And because uh, uh, remember, we asked him last time it was on, where did this come from, and, and what, have, have any other fossil evidence been found? You know, if this is indeed some sort of hybrid and not just some sort of deformity from this, if it, if it even was a child. But sure enough, he said, yeah, in Mexico, old Mexico, there was a, a lady and someone else, I guess, who had found after a washout uh, the. Skeletons that were with the start. Oh yeah, yeah. I know what the question was. I said, "What about the rest of the skeleton?" Oh yeah. And apparently, the, there had been a big washout, and the skeleton itself had been pretty much lost. But there had been uh, there have been others found. Uh, and but the, the most remarkable is the Star Child skull, which has been tested for DNA and uh, they all kinds of fluky results in this business. But again, you know, for uh, mainstream science, I mean, it's it's, it's like a religion. It's it's it has its own exclusivity. And uh, for the true believer, no proof is is required, and for the unbeliever, no proof is ever enough. So they never get anywhere with, with most of this stuff. But the answer is uh, yes, Carl. There have been. Uh, other uh, evidence uh, of, uh, I suppose, fossil evidence of some kind of strange thing. It's it, uh, what was what were we looking at, Ben? Uh, oh yeah, we were putting together a presentation uh, on uh, sort of a slideshow, uh, PowerPoint presentation. And remember the uh, the picture oh. of of the Paluxy Riverbed in Texas. Oh yeah, yeah. And and we had there were yeah, dinosaur uh, footprints next to human footprints crisscrossing human footprints. Now this, of course, is impossible. 
a 60 million year difference at least. Hey, you don't hear about that stuff in history class. Well, you don't, no, because it's not generally accepted. But I mean, this, there, there's, there's quite a bit of evidence of this. It's not generally accepted, but there's evidence like right there. Like, well, oh, it's just a fluke. And, uh, well, the creationists use it to justify their point of view, but I think uh, more likely that it's, it's entirely possible that when people disappear from one world and appear in another, which does happen from time to time, there are all sorts of confirmed reports of this sort of thing happening where do they go it's like jumanji yeah i suppose i mean it's possible that the parallel world experience bingo there you go but they wouldn't have lasted long because when the um not so much i suppose when the dinosaurs around the atmosphere still was a little different there would have been toxins and things we don't have today and all sorts of horrible diseases yeah exactly so uh how much time we got there mr producer oh yes yes i can't forget that okay three minutes so but in any case, uh, uh, so I can think we can certainly answer Carl's uh, question with a big yes. But then, then there's also the issue of why haven't the Bigfoot remains been found? Um, even if it's a multidimensional creature, this sort of thing. When uh, I was in England in 1989 researching the uh, Beast of Exmoor, as they so dramatically call it, yeah. they, we did find a long hair, uh, almost like the color of a, what we would think of a mountain lion, and I sent it to a veterinary center in Exeter, and it came back as that of a domestic cat. Well, a five-inch hair from a domestic cat, that's some cat. So the theory was, at least my theory was, that we were involved in uh, probably real mountain lions or pumas or cougars that had been re- released by some old colonel from the Raj or something, you know, brought it back from India, and it had been interbreeding with local uh, wildlife for generations, probably lynxes and things like that. So that's the best explanation we ever had. That's not nearly as exciting as some like three-headed beast of Exmoor, but well, that that's what the magazine set me wanted was the three-headed beast. Yeah, well, close enough. Yeah, exactly. anyway, we're coming down to the wire. So don't forget, all our podcasts are available on our show website www.behindtheparanormal.com. Okay, oh, okay. well, there, take it. Yeah, okay, <laughs> thank you. Get rid of it. So many thanks to our producer, Steve Bianchi, and we'll see you next Monday, November 21st, when we'll welcome back British author Freddie Silva for a look at weird but sacred sites around the world and his book, Legacy of the Gods, which has just been reissued. And on our regular CBS uh, edition, on November 20th, we'll have a very special show with my dad and myself, and we welcome Edwin Führer, the eyewitness to the Langenberg UFO landings in Western Canada in 1974. This is his, his first media appearance since the 1970s. And that will be live at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 Pacific, on CBS New Sky Radio in Boston, Pittsburgh, Detroit, and Seattle at Owen World at, uh, at, and online at www.newskyradio.com. Okay, and I think we are just... Oh, we got time for the quick quote. You do it, man. What? No. Okay, well, no quote. So we're going to say goodbye, folks, and we'll see you next week we'll give you a quote that have a great week return to this radio frequency 167 hours from now for another edition of behind the paranormal with paul and ben eno